Cover and structure. They're two terms that are commonly used interchangeably, but in my mind, they're not the same thing, and we're going to talk about why, and more importantly, how to use them to catch more fish on this episode of Fishful Thinker, the podcast. I'm Chad Lachance, and you're listening to Fishful Thinker, the podcast. All things fishful, all the time. Hey guys, Chad Lachance here. Thanks as always for tuning in to this episode of Fishful Thinker, the podcast, of course, brought to you as always by the fine folks at Sportsman's Warehouse. Visit them at 140 plus stores nationwide or at sportsmans.com. And uh, I'm getting ready to go to Florida here, uh, escape the Colorado winter for a little bit and go do some fishing. My first stop will be at one of the fancy new Sportsman's Warehouse stores that have just opened in Florida over the last year. So we'll be swinging in there ourselves and practicing what we preach. Make sure I'm geared up to fish when I get there, and I'm really looking forward to getting warm, guys. So a little time around the salt and the sun and the sand and uh, and the snook, more importantly, uh, the better off my life will get. So I'll be targeting maybe some redfish, maybe some sea trout, maybe some sheephead. It just depends on uh, how the what the conditions are, but I'm looking forward to getting out of town. But before that, We still have another podcast to do, and this podcast is one that I feel like is a fundamental thing because I was just talking to a gentleman on the phone, and he was talking about the fact that he couldn't believe he had this beautiful, it's the best cover you've ever seen, the best cover you've ever seen, and no fish in it. And he didn't understand why there was other cover that didn't look as good to him but it was loaded with fish. And when I tried to explain it to him, he he really didn't understand exactly what I was talking about. So I thought that we should maybe talk about it on this podcast right now because it doesn't matter if we're talking bass or walleyes or potentially even trout, uh, which aren't necessarily known as, as the kind of fish that just sit in one spot, but the cover and the structure are still important. So let's talk about them and how they relate to each other and how you can use them to catch more fish. So the, the big term, the overriding term, or the bigger term if we're looking at this in terms of whittling it down, is for sure structure. And structure is the, it, let's talk in terms of Western reservoirs or reservoirs in general. Structure is the footprint of the lake, so to speak. And that includes um, not just the outline of the lake, those are, that's a major structural thing, but also the main river channel is probably the most prominent piece of structure on any given reservoir. Because the river channel that they dammed uh, is what formed the reservoir in the first place. So it's the most prominent piece of structure on the whole lake, uh, or the whole reservoir as the case might be. But you also have things like creek arms or coves where the other bodies ever running water comes in maybe to the side of the reservoir, something like that. You have creek arms and coves, which are very much structural elements. You also have uh, smaller channel swings, secondary channels, which work their way back into those creek arms and coves that will eventually come out and join the main river. That's a major structural element would be those creek arms. Um, The drop-offs and things along those are all part of the structure. But structure could also be something more man-made, like, for instance, the dam itself, which I guess is part of the lake's footprint, but the dam itself is is an excellent piece of structure. Uh, Any sort of basin, dugout ditch, uh, high spot, low spot, those are all structural elements. Picture structure like this. 
if you were barefoot and you went out and you stepped in a in a some sand somewhere, you would leave an impression, right? Maybe some mud. You're going to leave a footprint in the mud. The outline of that footprint, the depth of that footprint, the changes in depth of that footprint, all of that is the structure. Cover, on the other hand, is what gives texture to structure. So a creek channel in and of itself may not hold fish much at all. It's got some drop-offs. It's got structural elements maybe. But a creek channel lined with broken rock, well, now we've got a place that fish or bait fish or crustaceans or insects can hide. Now we've got a, a cover gives them the hideability. It gives them the comfort they need to be there. Uh, cover gives um, basically a certain comfort level around any piece of structure that will make fish happy. In a lot of cases, it could be that maybe, let's say, this creek channel swings across a big old flat. And flat is, by design, a uh, piece of structure. It's a big flat spot on the lake bottom. It's basically the lack of defined structure. Fish love flats, but they can be hard to fish because you got to roam around on them and there's no way to pin fish down. So the creek channel that runs through or bisects that piece of structure, well, now I have a place that gives fish something different. And Berkeley did a test years and years and years ago, the scientists at Berkeley did, and they took a plain white pool and they put a largemouth bass in it. No corners, no edges, just a basically a bowl-shaped round white pool. Fish swam constantly, never went, it never stopped. They just swam around, they never got comfortable, and they didn't like it. But then they go and paint a black spot on the bottom, just literally a black spot. There's no bump, no nothing. That became the closest thing the fish had to the cover on the bottom of that pool, which is the structure. The big white bottom of the pool is the structure. But the black spot that they painted, or the black stripe, they did a bunch of different tests that way, all became effectively the structure, even though, or excuse me, the cover, they all effectively became the cover, even though it's really just a painted spot. And it just gives the fish something to relate to. It makes them comfortable. Weed lines are fantastic for that. Maybe that you've got this big flat, like I was just mentioning, and it's got weeds growing all over it. Very common, a big weed flat. Those occur all over the United States. Well, you got a creek channel running through it. Now the water in that creek channel is a little bit deeper than the flat around it. And maybe the sunlight doesn't hit the bottom there now because it's just a too deep for that. Well, now you'll get a weed edge at the top edge of that of that channel itself. In other words, they'll have the flat, then it'll drop off into the channel, you'll have the channel bottom, it'll come up on the other side, and you'll be back to the flat again. The drop off in the channel and the flat are all structural elements, but the weeds that grow on the edges or the rocks that are in the bottom of the channel are the cover. And that's really important to keep the two separate. And here's why it's so important to keep the two separate. And this is a big statement. So if you don't learn anything from this podcast, learn this thing right here. Cover in and of itself is not the end-all be-all for catching fish. Great cover, just like I started this the conversation with the gentleman, great cover is great, but only, and this is a big only, if it's on a good piece of structure because structure trumps cover. The fish will use the structure, the fundamental floor of the lake or the pond or whatever it might be, the reservoir will use that structure to dictate where they move 
how they move, how they respond to weather, things like that. But they will use the cover that's on that structure to fine-tune whatever it is that they have going on. So, for instance, a TV show I was just working on two days ago, we've been editing, um, was at a lake in Kansas, and we were on a structural element, which is a creek arm that's maybe 300 yards long. There's a train trestle in the back, and water comes in. There's a bridge there with the train trestle at the very back of the creek. Water will come in right there. Just a little bit of water will come in right there, and it'll work its way through this, this creek arm for a few hundred yards, and then it'll dump out into the main lake. The main lake is a major structural thing, obviously the most main structural thing. But then the creek arm is a secondary structural thing. And then within that creek arm, the next structural thing is the channel itself. And the channel itself will not encompass everything that the bank uh, encloses in water because the reservoir was, a, was flooded. So when they build a dam and flood it, the old creek channel itself um, was where water ran before there was a reservoir there. Well, then when they flood it and the water's higher, the creek channel exists on the bottom of the lake, but it doesn't necessarily go bank to bank in, in most cases. And because of that, the two banks might look the same outwardly. I might be sitting in the boat in the middle of the creek arm, and I look over to my right, and the bank looks exactly the same as the one to my left. But wherever the creek channel is roaming back and forth underneath there, is what I need to be looking at, not the banks. Because wherever that creek channel gets up against the bank, I'm going to have better access to deep water. I'm going to have more consistent water in general because of that. I'm going to have a drop-off up against a bank, two different structural elements coming together, which is something fish like. And it's going to give them a chance to just move up and down when water levels go up and down without any problem. So Let's say I look to my right, and there's a couple of cedar trees on, on, in the, at the edge of the lake. I look to my left, there's a couple more cedar trees on the, on the edge of the lake. Whichever side the creek channel swings up against is the one I'm going to fish. The cover is going to look exactly the same to me sitting in the boat. I probably won't notice it until I idle to one side or the other, left or right, and look at it on the graph and figure out that, oh, the channel is on this side. Or I look at my mapping and it shows me that the channel is on that side. But regardless, the best pieces of cover are going to exist on the best pieces of structure or the best pieces of cover uh, as far as catching fish. You might look at it as an angler, you or me or anybody else might look at it as an angler and go, well, geez, that, that, you know, all those bushes in the water over there look really, really good. Okay, yeah, that's fine, but they're a long ways from deep water. On this side, maybe the bushes don't look as good to me as an angler, but they have better deep water access, and therefore they're going to hold more fish more consistently. And as with anything else in fishing, any one answer could be right or wrong on any given day. There's certainly times where fish will be uh, just roaming an open flat or something like that. But by and large, largemouth, smallmouth, uh, walleyes are going to relate to the structural element that forms whatever it is uh, that they're on more than anything else. So structural element might be a hump. Uh, it might be a, a, a low spot. It might be a ridge of some kind. It could be almost anything that occurs on the floor of the lake uh, in terms of undulations, uh, anything like that. But the cover on that is going to help you pinpoint where and how you need to fish it. So in the instance of the creek channel that I was just talking about on the TV show we were editing in Kansas, 
basically I put the boat in the water, pick up the creek channel on the map, and just work my way back following the creek channel, which basically zigzags back and forth across the creek arm itself. And by swinging back and forth across there, it looks like I'm just randomly zigzagging back and forth. If you were to look at it from an aerial, but I'm literally keeping the boat uh, in some relation to that channel, whatever it might be. In the case of this particular show we were editing, I was keeping the boat right in the channel as though it was the only place there was water and fishing the edges of it. So I was fishing the structural edges of the channel and specifically I was fishing the trees that occur on the edges of the channel. And those trees are cover. I also fish some weed lines, also cover. I also fish some terrestrial vegetation, some tall, some kind of brome grass that was growing, same thing. Cover growing on the structural element. Very important to distinguish the two because the grass that I'm talking about fishing occurred in a lot of places around the lake, but only in some places did it occur where the creek channel swung up against the bank and those were the only places in two days of filming there that we were able to catch fish. That grass, and I tried to extrapolate it to other places. If the creek channel didn't swing up against it, it did not hold fish. And what happened was I burned all the places over two days. I went and caught all the places where the channel swam up, swam up against the bank and had that grass on it. I caught fish out of all those. Well, by halfway through the second day, I had caught all those fish. I was no longer getting bites by going back through them. And I started going looking at other grass. Well. It didn't work. The grass, the fish needed the relation to the creek channel. So when my grass bites ran out, I went back to the creek channel, worked on other types of cover rather than trying to find fish on a different type of structure. Again, structure trumps cover. So day one stuff. If I'm going to a lake I've never been to, the first thing I'm going to do is work out the structure based on the season. So I've got a dam at one end, an inlet at the other, a main creek channel or, or river channel that runs down through the middle of reservoir. I got secondary channels that come off the side and go up to various creek arms. Maybe have little pockets, little coves. I'm gonna look at all of those things first and understand how they apply to my season. So if we're talking midsummer. Maybe I'm looking at offshore stuff on the main basin of the lake, either humps or the main river channel or offshore drop-offs, stuff like that. But if I'm on that same lake and I'm there in early spring or fall, you know, early spring or late fall, well, now I'm going to follow those creek arms. But again, I'm just going to follow the main river channel to the secondary channel. I'm going to pick that up in the boat and I'm going to work my way up that secondary channel uh, until I interact, uh, intercept fish somewhere along the ways they will use those channels as highways to move in and out of the coves, whether that be a, a, a walleye, a sawguy, a bass, uh, even the wipers, which will roam open water, will still run the main channels to get in and out because it gives them uh, opportunity to stay in deep water. And that's a safety net for any kind of a fish to have deep water around them. They don't want to get caught in shallow water. That's how they get eaten by birds and predators of all kinds. Uh, do fish get in shallow water? Of course they do. But the biggest fish would rather have some relation to deep water. So you might catch a 
10-pound largemouth bass in three feet of water, but I guarantee you he's not very far from whatever is deep water in that impoundment that he is in, and that's very important to keep in mind because as soon as you get a long ways from deep water uh, on whatever structural element that might be, your number of bites or your bite window will go down a lot. So your access to main channels, main drop-offs, deep enough water to make fish comfortable is really important. And I also want to point out that deep enough water to make fish comfortable is a big statement because in my home state of Florida, that might be two feet, two and a half feet, because the deepest water in the whole lake is only three or four or five feet deep, right? So it's not a, not a big difference. But here in the western United States, where the lake might go up and down 50 vertical feet, they might want access to 15 or 20 feet of water all the time. So it's relevant to, or relative, I should say, to where you are in the country and how steep the banks are and how, and how steep the any gradients in the terrain around the reservoir are um, and, uh, and, and how much the water level moves up and down. And I just kind of gave you a little bit of a hint as an excellent way, particularly for those of you who don't maybe have um, full modern boats or high-end electronics or anything like that. If you really want to learn the structural elements, particularly here in the West where our reservoirs move up and down a lot, just go look at them when the water is very low. And I will literally go and document them. I'll take photographs, I'll take waypoints on my phone or on my GPS and transfer them to my graphs later. Um, I know some places, for instance, there's a place here in Colorado that's got a big giant flat with a really small creek channel on it. It's not much of a channel at all. It's probably two or three feet deep. It's probably three feet wide and it snakes its way around this flat, which is very flat and only three or four feet deep. Well, if the flat itself is only three or four feet deep, but that channel's another couple of feet deep, well, that's a big difference, and that will make the fish very comfortable. You could spend a lot of time zigzagging around on a flat that's only four feet deep, even with the best modern electronics, trying to find that channel, or at least to keep track of that channel, um, by easier to have the waypoints that I gather in the fall or get a visual of them in the fall when the water's low. I'll take photographs and make reference to those, look back at them when I'm going to go visit that lake and go, oh, okay, there's a mark on the bank that gives me some idea where that channel starts. At least I have that. That gives me an idea of where I can pick it up to follow it in the boat. But again, it's the structure that I'm trying to follow. In the case of this particular flat, it's very much like the one I described earlier. The whole thing's covered in weeds with the exception of the ditch itself. And then being able to work baits down between those two weed lines in that narrow ditch is how I caught some of the biggest pike I've ever caught in the state of Colorado. So very critical that you know where that piece of structure is. The rest of the weeds are just as good a cover everywhere else. There's holes in the weeds and edges all around the flat, but the relation to that structural element, in other words, the creek channel, is the very important thing. So when you're out on the water and you're looking at making decisions, the first thing I'm going to look at is the seasonality of my situation. Do I expect my fish in the main basin? Do I expect them to be in the backs of creeks, things like that? Whatever the, whatever the seasonal issue is with whatever species of fish I'm dealing with is going to be important. And again, this could be trout as well. We do a lot of fishing for trout in reservoirs, and they'll do some of the same things. They'll roam constantly. They won't maybe sit right on a weed edge or, or a specific piece of cover like, like a bass or a walleye will. 
but they will roam loosely around a good piece of structure or they'll move up and down a creek channel like we're just talking about. They'll roam loosely around uh, a structural element of some kind and while they roam. And wipers and white bass will do the same thing as well. So um, they're still relating to the structure. They're just not as pinned to it as a bass or a walleye might be uh, in terms of, of, of literally being able to make very precise presentations right to it. And that's really um, a fundamental difference in the behavior of the fish, not the cover or the structure that we're talking about. Incidentally, panfish, same thing. Panfish, very, very much tuned into structure and cover. And, um, you know, for instance, crappies love overhanging cover. We know that, uh, you know, but you could live on a day, uh, lake that's got 50 docks on it and only crappies are only on 10 of those docks. Those docks will have some sort of structure, I can almost guarantee you, or, or the structure will affect why the fish are on them. In other words, the basin is deeper under those docks or shallower or whatever the case might be. It could also be that there's cover under those docks that you're not aware of. Uh, for instance, homeowners dropping trees over, uh, things like that, or rock or, or um, leftovers from where they drilled the, the, the uh dock pilings in the ground, whatever the case might be. Maybe the, maybe the homeowner dredged a little bit around the docks. There's a lake I fish here that's got a bunch of private docks, and several of them are really good, and most of them aren't. And the ones that are really good are really good every year. Well, the difference is they've just got a little bit of a channel that pushes up against them on one of them and uh, from the original old channel, and then another one is because the homeowner dredged underneath it, and it's a foot and a half deeper than all the rest of the docks. So there's a little drop-off right where his boat goes, and fish pile into that thing all the time. Again, it's the structure that's more important to cover. All the docks have uh, docks themselves, which would be cover, overhanging cover. All of them have weeds around them as well. But the ones that have a little bit of a roll in the bottom make all the difference in terms of being able to catch fish. You can't just focus on the cover, and you really shouldn't just focus on the structure. You're really looking for the sweet spot of where those two come together. And in the case of something like a dam face, a dam face is a huge piece of structure. You take the main river channel, which is a main piece of structure, then you bisect it with a dam and flood it with water. Well, now we have a giant piece of structure, and in most cases it's got a lot of cover on it in the form of broken rock. Uh, riprap, whatever they use to, to fortify the dam face so it doesn't erode away, you're going to have a lot of that, which gives everything fish and crustaceans and bait fish need to rest. Very important. All that broken rock on that dam is great. If the dam face is solid, smooth concrete, you're not going to catch near the number of fish on it than if you're going to have one that's got good cover on it. Conversely, um, if you've got a well, I shouldn't even go with conversely. That's really not the right way to put it. And another thing to keep in mind with something like a dam face is the edges of the cover or the edges of the structure are very important. So the corners of the dam can be more important than the main part of the dam itself. A turn in the river channel or the creek channel is typically more important than the channel itself. Uh, the edge of cover is typically more important than the cover itself. And those are the things you need to look for And when you're working out cover and structure. And again, in a lot of places, well, I'm from South Florida, there's cover everywhere. And there's a fish in a tiny, small percentage of it. So you have to find the sweet spot of the structure and cover. Incidentally, uh, cover and structure will do more to dictate what lure eyes throw than almost anything else because 
They will dictate the depth range. They will dictate any encumbrances to the lure, such as, well, is it going to snag weeds? Is it going to sink into the rocks? Is it whatever, the, whatever those limitations are, I will address those with my lure selection based on my structure and cover more than the fish species itself. If you're much of a, of a student, a fishful thinker, whether it be the television show, the podcast, or whatever, you know I'm a multi-species guy. There's not a bait in my boat that will only catch one species of fish. I refuse to carry them. So I like multi-species stuff. So really it comes down to get around the right structure with the right cover on it, and then you match your lure to your structure and cover, and you're going to catch the most amount of fish. So it's a fundamental thing. Uh, I think as we go into the to the spring here, now that we're past the, 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 the really worst part of the winter and all that, we're headed for February. By the time I get back from Florida, uh, it will be starting to consider March season here. And the first things I'll be looking at in the spring, the first things is what structure were my fish on when I last saw them in fall. I may not have had a boat in the water since November, but wherever the fish were in November, that's where I'm going to start in March. And it's going to be that structure. The cover won't be the same. The weeds won't have grown uh, as in some cases or whatever it might be. But the structure will be the same. Structure is more permanent than cover. Cover will move around depending on the season. It will get taller or shorter, denser, less dense. Uh, depending on water level, it'll go up and down. Um, you know, it'll flood different things and expose different kinds of cover to the fish. But at the end of the day, the structure will trump all of it. So keep the two terms separate. Use structure for your big picture. Use cover for your small picture, and it'll help you catch more fish. Choose your lures accordingly, and I think you'll do just fine. So, guys, if you want to join the conversation on our social media app, Fishful Thinker, I'd appreciate that very much at Facebook. Uh, Instagram or TikTok, please, please, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's at Fishful Thinker as well. Um, that's very important to us. We're putting a lot of uh, labor into that one these days, and we'd love to have you do that. And also tune in to Altitude Sports Network or World Fishing Network and see what we're up to on the next episode of Fishful Thinker. Thanks for listening.